You're listening to the Bears Podcast featuring Amanda King and Kirsten Aho. The views, comments, statements, and opinions expressed in this podcast do not necessarily represent the official position of the Salvation Army. Yay, good job. So uh, let's talk about that theme song, though. <laughs> we, what is funny about this? And we, we have already said this. Welcome, everybody. Um, but we've already... People know that we're recording these not exactly like in order or whatever. We're just recording the series. So this means that by the time you've gotten to this episode... There have been three other episodes in which you have just listened to this crazy theme song and nobody has said anything about it. <laughs> so uh, we paid a person about $100,000 to do that. Um, we had to uh, take out some loans. So our GoFundMe link is below. Um, <laughs> if, if I took out a loan, I am not going to use that loan for a theme song. Let me put that out there right now. <laughs> That's not my first, you know, like hundred thousand. That was free. We that we got that for free. Um, and I oh. wonder if you guys can uh, guess who that was. You probably already know. We all know who it is. We all know <laughs> the be- those beautiful vocal cords. It's gonna be in my head for a while. Yeah, it's very catchy. It is catchy. Um, for for real catchy. My dad said it got his attention. (laughs) And he said it like this. He said, it got my attention. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's yeah. We actually took a poll, the podcast team, and uh it was unanimously a yes that we would use it. Um and there was a yes and a no and a separate category that said Phil Aho said it caught my attention. <laughs> and that one got the most views. I mean, <laughs> the most votes, exactly. No. Well, anyway, how's everybody doing? Is it are we surviving? Are we are we living? Are we living our best life? I'm, I'm going to go with probably not. Um, if you are, <laughs> then that, that wasn't meant to be like a Debbie Downer. I think just in reality, it's yeah, it continues been- to be hard. Yeah, I mean, I was just noticing how like every year gets worse. Like you thought 2020 was bad, and then 2021 happened, and now it's 2022, and we have a war. Like, uh, it's been really tough to like not spiral. Mm-hmm. Yeah, here we are. Here, here we are. Mm-hmm. Can anybody guess who this uh, this mysterious person is that's speaking? Just kidding. We know. We. I mean, I'm waiting for people to guess, but like nobody's guessing. Insert drum roll, please. Oh gosh, no. In, <laughs> insert guesses. I want to hear guesses. I insert hear guesses. guesses. Oh my gosh, this is gonna be a challenge, you guys. We're gonna we're gonna say insert something and Poor see Zane. if Zane does it. Zane's gonna start charging us a lot more money. All right, so I've not looked at the show notes before, and I stopped the recording before moving forward. Once I heard this, so my guesses are for this, and I haven't read the show notes, so it's all. Completely random for me. My guess is Curious Dog or an aquatic whale trainer. Well, yeah, he should actually- already be charging us a lot more money. <laughs> Don't give him ideas. What, Nancy? <laughs> Don't give him ideas. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be like a bunch of random. Let him flow. Let him flow. <laughs> well, yeah, well. So, as Amanda noted, we have with us today... I'm sorry, guys. My brain sometimes. Did you forget Nancy's name? No, I was going to say like this evening, which it is eve 
I'm so sorry. I it, it's I need to focus. It we've is got easy. Nancy with us. <laughs> and we've and we've had Nancy on the podcast before. Um, and what I appreciated about Nancy being with us before was that uh she had some hard-hitting questions as opposed to like my kinds of questions like nancy was like going for it very graciously if if you will so i always appreciate that about nancy as well like um she makes me think about things Mm -hmm. and she's willing to say things yeah out loud and in public Mm-hmm. And I was such, I'm such a fan because I got to see, I saw your video you had posted where you were like on TV. <laughs> yeah. Like, what? I was like, yes, this is so cool. Yeah. Well, I have a new job. Everybody went back to my old job and um, I've been doing like a lot of vaccine uh, equity work. And so I got to like speak on it. Um, so I'm really proud of our team. We we were number one in the state last month. Oh so, my gosh. Yeah, of course crazy. you would be. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm trying to own it because I feel like it, I had a season of a really uh, tough manager and, you know, lessons learned and all that, but it's just nice to like pursue wanting to be the person I wish I had. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so now I'm like, oh, okay. Cause I have a really good boss right now. And I'm like, oh, it's really nice when you have room to breathe, room to work, room to create, and then you can pass that on. And then everyone feels like, you know, yes. so cool. Yeah. I, I just love seeing like your success. It just, I just feel so cool. <laughs> well, like I know her. No. <laughs> A little bit, but no, I'm excited because it's been a long time. Like, I feel like finally back in a good spot, you know, mm-hmm. in the middle of all this stuff. So something has to go right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, good. Congratulations. Thank you. You're wonderful. And I'm glad you're here. Um, so we're continuing with our series um, and our series is. <laughs> okay so we're all really struggling today actually nancy would you like to take over the podcast um i think that we're struggling (laughs) Um, is is there room for me i think yes right yes is there a place for me um yes we are continuing that conversation um today with nancy and we're gonna jump right in so the first question we want to just kind of talk about what drew you into the Salvation Army in the first place? What was the hook that kind of brought you into the Salvation Army? Yeah, so I was kind of forced. So my mom, we had moved from Chicago. So like I actually live right now in Pilsen where I was born and raised for the first nine years. And then my parents, you know, as it got really tough and in the 90s there's just a lot of gang activity my parents moved us to Cicero which is a Latino suburb um in the west side and um my mom like wanted us to be busy and like keep us active and so she signed us up for the after school program at the Laramie Corps and I did not want to go I was just like not happy there but like I like I had no choice and so like when I started going um I don't know. I guess there must've been a lot of like issues happening. Cause I was a really big rebel in like the fourth grade, fifth grade. <laughs> and, um, I remember we had to like, you know, we did activities and we would, we would have to bring a quarter that was like our snack money. And so we would give a quarter every time. And then we also had to pay a quarter if we like used profanity. And I was like, I ain't effing paying no effing quarter. <laughs> and then the lady's like, that's a dollar. And I'm like, <laughs> so like by the end of the year, I had like helped pay a pizza party because I think I like got $19 <laughs> in like swear words accumulated. So then like, I don't know. I feel like that's kind of what drew me. Like, you know, I just, I guess as a kid, whether you have the words for it or not, like you learned that 
there's people who can be consistent with you no matter how much grief you put them through. So I think that was like my first thing, like my after school, like teachers and then um, quote unquote. But then I got invited to youth group like because of that. So like about a year later, I was asked to come. And then from there on, I just kind of never left. So I was participating in like little things like youth group and church. And then little by little, like you get kind of involved in everything. So I was counting money when I was 12 and all of those kinds of stuff. So I got really, really um, hooked in there. But I, if I can remember my first time being introduced to the Salvation Army was actually in like 1997 when I was still in Pilsen and the cadets had come and done the assemblies at the school. And so I remember getting a pack of like those pens and all the little tchotchkes they give you mm-hmm. so like that's kind of like my earliest memory of the salvation army so yeah that's so cool. yeah um 1997 a school assembly i when i was a kid my parents were the uh the dyss they were probably setting that up <laughs> they yeah no I, and i would go for. on some of those programs i would go yeah. do the puppets I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I've been wanting to like look for some like yearbook of sorts and be like, who made it here? Who was here? Because I'm sure like if I take a peek, like, you know, and I remember, yeah, they just had like all these little gifts and they would just stand at the door and they give you a little packet. And then that was that. Mm-hmm. What if you guys saw each other and you didn't even know? Wouldn't that be, that'd be so very possible. I I, I saw somebody that's still there today. I know that much. Like, I feel it, you know, like Mm -hmm. someone who is a cadet is probably still an officer somewhere. And I'm sure I ran into them at Congress. Like, that's the idea I want to believe. Yes. Yes. (laughs) That I've been around the energy for a while. So we'll see. That is. But one day I'll look it up. One day I'll look it up. I'll Mm -hmm. go like into the archives and be like, who was it? Yeah, Yeah. That would be really fun. I wonder if, um. Yeah, we'll have to look up, like, who were the cadets that year and then find out, like, which schools did they each visit. And then mm-hmm. you could cross-reference with which school you were attending. We could figure Yeah, out. I know it was winter because it was Christmas. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'll know. Yeah. That's a, that's a fun, that's a fun story. It's a fun that story. really cool. Yeah. yeah, that was, that was interesting. So, it's nice to, like, yeah, think back, like, you know, the, the little seed was planted early, so. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I was forced to go to Salvation Army. I <laughs> love it. <laughs> yeah, so I yeah. know, like, that, um, like, I feel like we have a lot of history, boy, like, we've all known each other, I don't know, 10 plus, plus years, years, um, and done things around Chicago with the Salvation Army together in different ways. Um, But I think, so like, there's kind of like a whole big story, but maybe, so I guess it's like a big jump going from question one to question two. There, yeah, it is. Uh, Like, cause it's kind of like, there's a whole, there's a whole story here, but the second question that we've been um, talking to people about is as of today, do you feel there is a place for you in the Salvation Army and kind of like unpacking the story of maybe some of those things that yeah I mean it's I was just sharing earlier right before this started like how it's interesting that like I actually hadn't been at to Mayfair in two years um and all of a sudden like today I just happened to go because we're moving and so we had asked from our friends to help us move and since we were going to eat up there, I was like, oh, maybe we just go to church so we can all like go together to the restaurants and then come over. Um, so it'd been two years since I've been back at church. And yeah, I mean, it's kind of, it's interesting because I guess now that that happened this morning, I think my answer changes a little bit. Like, um, so I've been part of the Salvation Army, right, since 20, 2000. And I left... I guess in 2020. So it's been 20 years, you know, that I was a part of the church. Mm-hmm. And um, two years ago, I just decided that I didn't want to keep going. And I was back today after those two years. But um, I would say, like, to answer the question, I don't know. And that's only changed because of this morning. Um, mm-hmm. So the, the sermon started, you know, about Lent and the reality of death and the reality of, you know, dust, dust. 
And because the Mayfair core, which I belonged to for 10 years, has been through a lot of transitions. Um, it was nice for the first time in a long time to hear someone say, hey, this has been a hot mess. <laughs> like the reality is that there's a lot of pain, a lot of grief, a lot of things that were done wrong. And we just want to start from that place and like not ignore it. So I think the last event that happened in the last week is that, you know, a couple, like maybe six weeks ago, our friend Justin left um, Mayfair and it seems like they got like an interim pastor, but then that pastor resigned. So after a merge that was botched about two years ago, three years ago, almost, um, it is, it is sad that the congregation has been through a lot of like pain and trauma and just like, you know, very, it felt like there was a lot of carelessness in that transition. So yeah, I felt like part of that was the reason why I left two years ago. But then hearing that today kind of changed my mind a little bit because I think that was the first time in a long time that I've heard someone just kind of own up to it, right? In mm -hmm. a space that wasn't like kind of this, you know, where it's like a descent, like a descending voice, like in a space that's more like at church in the pulpit. I thought that was very refreshing. Like, oh, thank you for yeah. saying because no one has. And I, I should tell Hav that. Um, like no one has said that. And I feel like, you know, I don't think it was an apology, but it was the closest thing we've gotten to one hmm. as a church. Um, and because of that, I'm like, oh, I wonder if this could change things. And like, I'm moving back to the north side and I'm like, maybe it could come around sometimes. But then I was like, wait, I don't know. <laughs> so in a sense, it just left me thinking, which I think is a good thing, because as of last week, before I heard this sermon this morning, the answer was like a concrete no. Like, I didn't feel like, you know, I feel like there's a lot of times we, a lot of situations are brushed from the rug. So like, I don't want, I don't feel, I, I didn't feel comfortable with that. So I felt like, no, there isn't a place for me if most of it is just going to be, you know, swept under the rug. But um, yeah, it's, it's very interesting right now as I, as I watch my friends kind of like the group lesson and lesson. And it was very sad to be there and like just rows and rows of empty seats. Yeah. It's really hard. Uh, yeah. It is. It is. It's crazy to me that on the day that you are recording with us that this happened. Like and it's not we just today we talked about and this is not to like sway you anyway. Like and I think you know that. But um we talked about how there are not accidents. There's not luck. Like it's God is present and he's moving and it's happening in ways that sometimes we see and sometimes we don't. And I'm just excited for you in that as you were talking, I just saw like a little spark get a little bigger. Like that's what I saw was like a brighten a brightening of fire I don't know like I don't know if that makes sense but that's what I saw in my brain as you were talking so I I would like to uh go into the next question a bit um and if feel free to share what you want but um that decision leading you to leave the Salvation Army what were some of those things that helped you determine in that at that point that the Salvation Army was no longer a place for you. And I know you had spoken about, you know, the experience at Mayfair. Were there other things um, that kind of helped to, to make that decision? Yeah, I mean, I think there was just a lot of iterations of changes. And I think that was hard enough on all of us as a group. Um, so, to give some context, the North side of Chicago had for the last 20 to 30 years, to my knowledge, has been like decreasing the number of cores in the North side of Chicago. So um, we had a, a church member who's recently passed in like the past year or two for an hacker who's, you know, been a volunteer of the Salvation Army and did like honestly way too much free work um in her well into her 70s and she it was sad because when I talked to her she had told me how she had been part of 
I think at least four cores that she had seen close. And to me, that was just like really, really devastating. Cause I'm like, this lady never really like all of her history is just gone. Like all the course she's been to as a child, as a teenager, as a young adult, as an adult, as a senior gone. And um, I think that those merges alone, you know, are going to affect people. Um, so I would say that affected me to an extent because I was like, yeah, like, it's really strange. Like all this cultural clashes and like the, la- the disregard for, you know, doing this right. And just knowing what was happening at DHQ, the decision-making and just seeing like how this was just botched, like was already like a big, like, whoa, like what's going on? Like no one's taking the time to bringing like, you know, do we not want to invest in a mediator? Do we not want to invest in some cultural competency courses for all of us to be in the same boat? Right. But it's like mm-hmm. minority, minority, they're going to be fine. <laughs> and no, it's not, this is not how it works. And so um, I think that was one of the biggest things. And then um, I felt like increasingly more like uncomfortable with certain viewpoints of doing things I think I felt really safe when John and Lois were there and then they left and I think that was to me like a big I was already kind of like you know not all in and you know for better or for worse they always took the time to check in especially Lois you know whether it was like an Instagram post or like I'm sorry message or like a text like I always felt like no matter what she kind of had good intuition and just kept tabs And so like when they were gone, I felt like a lot of that safety just fell away with them, you know, and um, I don't know how to put this, but I just, I didn't see eye to eye with some of our leadership and it's hard to say it because it's also friends, but like, um, it was difficult to navigate that um, without a thorough conversation on it. You know what I mean? Like when things happen, disagree, like I didn't make much of an attempt to actually talk about it because I feel like there was like a, a really big hesitation that it wouldn't be received. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of on me. I never really tried, but then I also didn't feel safe to do so. So it's kind of like chicken egg situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it gets hard because it's something that we don't really talk about in like part of the Salvation Army, right? Like the the boundaries of being friends and being, you know, in yeah. leadership and like how those get really blurred. And like, I think for me, it was really hard when it got hard and like feeling like, well, these people who I loved and cared for and had a really good friendship, like, I don't even know where it stands anymore. Are we just talking because we're part of a church? And like, it, it got blurry real quick. And then it was really hard because I didn't know what angle to come it from. Like, do I talk to my, you know, leader as a leader? Do, can we talk as friends? Like, I could never tell. And I feel like, mm. you know, for better or for worse, you're not given those tools um, to navigate those relationships. And I, and I think about it now that I've been away from the Salvation Army for a little bit, like the definition of a friend, like it's so blurred. <laughs> Are we friends? Because we're friends on Facebook because we see each other once a year at camp. Or do you know what I mean? Like it's, it's really hard to tell unless I think COVID has made it a little bit easier because then you kind of knew who was around. Mm -hmm. But prior to that, I feel like it was not easy to tell. I don't know if that's just the me thing or it sounds like it's not. (laughs) No, it's not. Yeah. And I, mm -hmm. no, go ahead. Well, I was just saying, I think that was a hard thing. Like not having like, you know, probably certain conversations that would have helped, you know? Yeah. Communication is hard. Good, com- like good, healthy, effective communication is hard. Like, yeah. I should yeah. probably. And how, and how to do conflict. I think mm-hmm. definitely um, like, cause you're talking about friendship, but also like a leader. And then when you have a conflict, and there's like this hierarchical stuff going on because I I can resonate with some of that like it is really hard like you care so deeply about people but then there's also like who has what place in the hierarchy and where do those boundaries extend to like Mm -hmm. yeah it's it's kind of difficult to navigate yeah the amount of power people can hold and I felt like because of that like 
I mean, this is something I talked through in therapy for years, to be honest, like the dynamic of just like, you know, of certain people. And, and I'm not saying like, not just in this case, but in other cases when I've had really difficult falling outs, it's like the power dynamic and then the friendship and just like the blur blurriness of both um, didn't like leave us enough room to like dig through it, you know? Mm-hmm. can we talk about like the flip side of that? So in that third question, that first part where, um, what, what would have helped you to feel like you belonged, whether that was a quality of leadership that you needed or a a quality of your own, or can you pinpoint some things that would have helped you to feel like you belonged? Um, yeah, I think some would be like, I wished I would have not, I felt like a lot of my time there too, was to be a voice of, um, a voice of reason. No, (laughs) a voice of like, honestly, just calling things out. And like, I think, I think for a long time, I was just like, Hey, do we not see this? Do we not see this? Do we not see this? And then Um, I felt like I was also always, I don't think, I think I was frozen in time in that, right? Like, instead of also being someone who could, you know, like talk and and converse and like have conversations, I think I also developed a a reputation that I'm very combative. And there's a lot of truth to that. But I feel like, um, and I've shared this recently in another setting that has nothing to do with this. But I was like, I think people do look down sometimes at like, the combativeness or like the, the challenger you know, and people, but then I feel like it's a big miss when people don't notice that the lack of engagement is also just as violent. Like, you know, for those of us who really like, that is our way of like, connect with me, almost like a little toddler way of like, I want to connect and I want to get to through this. And then the other person doesn't want to engage. To me, it feels really violent and really, really difficult. And so I feel like for me, I wish that I would have had the voice to be like, Hey, I know that I can come off this way, but I also know that like you not engaging with me is actually really, really hurtful and really, really difficult, you know? And I wish I would have had the, the maturity and the, and the insight to be able to say that to certain people, you know, and be like, you know, can we actually talk about this instead of having this awkward dynamic for years and years of like Mm -hmm. the, the tension in the room? I think that would have been helpful if I would have just done something about that on the inverse, I wish that would have happened for me too. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know how to put it, but I wish there would have been like some grownups in the room. Like, I think when you're in these places and like, you know, we were in our twenties, early thirties, but like, it would have been nice to have like a good old, like old lady, old man, just kind of be like, yeah, this sucks. And you're like, yeah, you know what I mean? Kind of lean mm-hmm. into that wisdom of people. And, you know, I think that that would have been really nice so that like, it's not like, you're not just also like trying to fly the plane as you build it, but like you would have had the comfort of some wisdom of another generation understanding, you know? And I think that's what I I envy about other, other churches or other courts. Like they have this, such an array of like generations, you know, there that they can lean on a lot of those people. And we didn't have that. Um, So that was a big bummer. And I think also too, like, um, I don't know. I felt like I belonged for a long time. So yeah. it's hard to pinpoint because I felt like whatever got me there in the first place, you know, disappeared little by little. Hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a really interesting way that you just put that. <laughs> it's making me think. Yeah. And I mean, I think one thing that I've noticed now that like, um, you know, I, I've been dating my partner now, Angelo, for two years, and I feel so bad because I feel like all the experience he's had about the Salvation Army is all the drama. <laughs> and it's like what everyone talks about is like, well, this happened and this happened. And it's like, oh, my God, I don't think he's heard like more than one good thing that's been positive. <laughs> he knows that we're all close and bonded mm-hmm. and together. But then like, I do feel bad because I'm like, I feel like it is a lot of little moments that created that distrust, you know? Mm-hmm. our leadership our friend getting fired um things changing left and right and like no explanation and politics you know 2016 was a really big 
unveiling for me, like, oh, I thought we were all on the same page. I guess we're not, you know? Mm-hmm. I would say that 2016 was the big one for me. Yeah. Oh. Not realizing that, like, I was in a room sometimes full of people who don't, who didn't, like, you know, have the same values. I'm like, oh, wait. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah. Kiri, mm-hmm. what are you thinking? Huh? I said, Kiri, what are you thinking? Yeah, I think I it does resonate for me, like, thinking about the little by little and kind of like realizing you're in a room with people who don't even share the same values like I think it took me a little bit longer um but and and the the funny thing is I think there are still a lot of people who share my values or we share values but it just started feeling like way more didn't and I like for me I don't I'm not I think I'm kind of combative but not also like I have to I have to have a much higher level of trust with someone before I start fighting them mm-hmm. um <laughs> and I was like I know I'm just <laughs> well I know it, yes. it, yeah it, t- it takes me for both like, of you yes yeah, I, I won't I won't disagree with people until I'm pretty, pretty safe with them. Like mm-hmm. and if I start feeling like I'm not safe, but and I really disagree, and it's like, oh my gosh, I can't. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. yeah, so that resonates for me, like hearing you kind of sharing about that and mm-hmm. um, before you go into the next question. Like uh-huh. if that's what you're doing, it looks like you're looking for the questions. I'm, I'm looking at the questions because I'm thinking like, <laughs> did we answer all the questions? Is there Wait, more but, that we'd want to look at? Is there is. I, I do want to go into this and it's not a question that we gave you before, but so we've alluded to, you know, you being this challenger. Um, mm-hmm. If we're doing Enneagram talk, that would be innate. Um, Nancy's definitely an eight, uh, like crazy heart for justice. And it's beautiful. And some of my favorite people are eights, like Nancy included, like, I, I will never, oh my gosh, this is a tangent. I'm sorry, but I'm going to go down this tangent because (laughs) it was 2000, what year is it now? 2020 in the midst of all hell breaking loose, that was, it was that winter. Right. And I'm out there ringing for 12 hours. I'm like doing everything I can to raise money for this core that like, I believe in, like, I love it there. I just will do anything for this core. Right. And I'm like stressed out about budget and like all of this stuff. And I come back and after being out for 12 hours and I like get onto social media And I have seen that Nancy pulled together people to raise money. Like she, what did you, someone with a guitar, like you like raffled off like a guitar or something, like a beautiful one. And (laughs) so many people contributed to this. And the thing that was crazy to me and the thing that stuck out was that it was majority filled with people who no longer really like associated themselves with the army. Like, and that like really hit deep for me because I'm like, man, it's like, you all are part of like the heart of the army. Like Mm -hmm. you are the mission. Like, it's like the mission of the army is in you. Like it's a mission of Jesus, right? Like Mm -hmm. that's one in the same, you know, but anyway, I say that because Nancy is the person that you want, like right next to you. Like she will go to bat for you and love you fiercely. And, but I know uh, now I'm a two and a lot of people have tried to say, I think that you might not be a two. I think you might be an eight, but I often live in that eight, um, thing, which is another episode, but can you talk about how it is to be a challenger in an organization in a church like the Salvation Army, um, 
what has that been like for you? Um, and then add on woman and then add on, I'm not even going to say minority. Cause that's not even like mm-hmm. in a Metro, in the Metro division, you are not a minority. Um, but how, how do all of those things compounded? Like, what has that been like for you in the Salvation Army? Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, it's, it was hard. It's been hard. I feel like it's a lonely place um, because the people who see that as a quality and not as a deterrent are few and in between. But I think what was hard too is that like not many people champion that in you when you're a woman of color um, and have a voice and can call out. And like, I think what I have that really does suit me and has helped me in a lot of my life is just having really good intuition and um, calling things out, seeing the power in the room, seeing like the vibe, you know, the kids call it today, like just be walking in there and knowing what's happening. Like no one has said anything, but you know, who's in charge, you know, who's following, you know, what's happening. And I think that's just, it's hard watching it. And then like no one acknowledging it. And that to me is what I felt like really crazy for a long time. Like Mm-hmm, there was mm-hmm. just like an issue um, at DHQ in which, you know, I know everyone's going to know, but there was infidelity and people had called it out left and right and left and right. And no one wanted to listen. And to me, I was like, I felt like insane. I'm like, are we not going to acknowledge this? Are we not going to talk about it? Is no one just, are we all in it together to pretend that this isn't happening? Mm. And that like, you know what I mean? And people being affected, people losing jobs, people like not getting jobs, people like, you know, it was just like a bizarre event to me. And I could not believe that no one talked about it, that no one wanted to like bring it up. And the people who did dismiss, dismiss, dismiss. And I felt like that was just emblematic of a lot of times whenever you brought up something difficult like it was just like it didn't happen or you looked the other way and to me I think that was hard is like the people who hold the power in the organization are just like really good at turning a blind eye like and I just that to me just seems wild like I just even now like thinking about these situations I'm like how did it happen for so long and I think that's that's the hard part right like you can have this insight and you can call it out, but then you have a system that is, and and someone said this about systems, like systems are made to save and build themselves. And you do have one that's like really strong into like maintaining itself, you know? And I'm surprised something like the Salvation Army is around in 2022 of just like with all the craziness, you know, that you know about it, like how, like, how does this function? But then I see it now, like, it has to be siloed. Like if you want it to keep working, you have to have to ignore the bad because then you, if you have to deal with it, I don't think it could handle it. But that's kind of like what I, I feel like growing up in it and just seeing it and trying to like call out things. It's just, it doesn't go anywhere. And I felt like that's where I had to like pick myself and be like, I'm not the crazy one. I I am not the crazy one. I know this is wrong and this is bad, but I just have to know that I am choosing to be in a place where it chooses not to acknowledge it. And either I stick with it or I don't. And that's kind of like, well, I was like, yeah, I can, I can leave now. You know, I can leave now. I can see. And, and sadly, and I say sadly, because I do think it's sad that a lot of my friends have left, but I'm also very happy for them because I feel like Mm -hmm. their own awakening came at their own time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, the word. No. And what's sad to me, though, like I was thinking, like today when I was sitting in the sermon, and I was just like, man, you know, if anyone could be here, I mean, I feel like there was many years I felt like I really wanted to be an officer and like be part of this, and like I really do think I have what it takes to have done it well, but it like like if you like it's such it's like martyrdom like to me if you choose to do that and then like yeah I realized I didn't want to die oh my gosh (laughs) 
I'm like laughing and crying at the same time. I'm laughing. No, because I feel oh. like, no, I feel that same way. And like, yeah. um, hey, Amanda, did I say this when we had talked? I don't remember. Sorry. Let me actually say what I was, uh, when, dang it. So a fellow officer had passed away mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. past mm-hmm. year and it really hit me hard mm-hmm. and like and it was because I I like took it very personally not because I knew them so well or because we had so much in common the only thing we really had in common was like we're both officers and we're active so the fact that they had died really upset me because I was like I'm gonna die and they're gonna let me die like that like literally was started going through my head was like like they in quotes like they will let me die and um which you know I'm gonna have to unpack with my counselor with at great length or something like (laughs) like what exactly does that mean but Mm -hmm. like hearing you talk about it as like a form of martyrdom and then that was also something I was talking to my dad about the other day was like um you are motivated like I was deeply motivated by idealism like I want to change the world I want to make the world a better place um I want to follow God I want to do the right thing so like that's all like my list of motivations and then what I found myself doing wasn't necessarily matching up with any of those motivations Mm -hmm. and um and it's not because the Salvation Army doesn't do great things or like transform lives or transform the world, but like what I was finding myself doing wasn't mm-hmm. seeming to do like the things that were really upsetting me and still upset me. It felt like it was completely divorced from being an officer. Like, so I, yeah, I've always thought about like, yeah officership man it's like a weird it's because it almost at that point felt like a bait and switch which I don't think it was intended to be that way but there's just so many different people who will tell you this is what officership is or this is what officership is and then you receive your assignment you start doing your assignment and you're there and you're like well what the hell did I get myself into (laughs) that's (laughs) what Amanda Amanda, you just oh yes (laughs) for the kids this is being recorded for the kids. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's <laughs> <That's> really hilarious. <laughs> For the kids. I mean, uh, it brought a lot of emotion. I'm curious to see like what exactly, like, you know, why, like, do you know what I mean? Like, I, I, it, I feel like it kind of unlocked a little bit of a burden for you. You talking to, to me? Yeah, talking to you. Not to be oh, the therapist, yeah. but like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm just curious yeah. because I feel like you've really given it your all and you're always there. And like, trust me, I'm paying the price for that fundraiser because I get letters all day, every day for that money I sent. And I'm like, dang it. Know that I'm not sending money. those to you. I'm about no, to, I'm going to remove you from that list. No, I know you're not. But what I'm saying <laughs> is like, I'm just saying as a silly thing because I'm like, I, I'm so happy I did that. But I'm like, dang it, DHQ, like, save your post. <laughs> I did it for a man, then not for you. You know what I mean? So, like, I, I'm just curious, like, you know, because right. I feel like you, you are putting up a fight, you know, figuratively yeah. and literally. And I'm just curious, like, what, like, resonated with that? Because it seems like there's just a lot. And if you're still around, like, it just, I can only imagine how hard it is. Dude, what is happening? Did you, did Caleb and uh kiri hijack the podcast again and got nancy involved <laughs> nancy's my oh, co-host nancy's i can talk to caleb about it i know i saw the <laughs> i promise <laughs> no <laughs> it's um i think you know it was <sighs> part of the whole point of doing this was because we saw like our friends leaving right and we need to talk about it. Like, just like what you were saying, it's, we're so good at sweeping things under a rug and putting on a face and putting on a uniform and moving on, like nothing's wrong. Like there is no for real transparency. And just because you're having a town hall meeting does not mean that that's like, we've arrived at transparency. No, like, 
that's bottom line like <laughs> but anyway um it's okay it's fine it's, it's just real like yeah. so you know when you said that you viewed <laughs> officership as martyrdom it like I can't even say it without crying <laughs> because it I feel like that fits so well and it's not even like a a oh I'm a martyr like I'm, I'm better than everyone because I signed up you know and for this thing but I remember you know going into officership my experience had I known what the Salvation Army was like my my experience was so unique coming into the Salvation Army because it didn't look like what typical Salvation Army looks like had I known I would not have been here I wouldn't have chosen to come into this um but I'm here. And the thing that's interesting is that I look at my congregation and because of like the fight that I have fought, like basically my whole officership of kind of going against a grain, um, it has been really hard, but my congregation is so beautiful. I'm seeing them grow like in so many ways and I'm seeing true transformation happening and I'm still getting like beat up from people who say this is not enough and this is not enough because these four stat lines are not increasing what you're doing is not good like it's not enough the 300 people who accepted Christ last year if they're not being bridged into the core what was that for you know And so I feel that. And that's, but like, that's what keeps me is like the people I see what's happening. I see God moving, but it's because I'm like often going against the Salvation Army. Yeah. But the Salvation, so it's like for me, and maybe this, we can talk a little bit about this before we go into the last question, but like, it's almost like the Salvation Army has become two things in my mind. Like for me, mm-hmm. what's kept to me is the Salvation Army people, the mission, the, the good, amazing stuff that God is doing. And then there's the Salvation Army bureaucracy and mm-hmm. politics and hierarchy and the, the like active fighting against each other and division. And it's like, there's like a, in my brain, it's like almost two. So when I literally have to, I said this at the beginning of the year, I need to remove myself as much as I can from the Salvation Army in the Salvation Army. So if it's an email or a call or a meeting and it is not serving like the mission and vision that I have for this ministry, then I'm going to have to say no mm-hmm. and move forward with what I know the Holy Spirit is calling me to do in the Salvation Army, in my context. So that's all of that to say, it has felt like a death, like a lot of myself has died. Um, Mm -hmm. But a lot of things have like risen from that, which have been good, but it's a fight. So I don't know, like, do you guys, does that like viewing it that way, like resonate with you? Or like, what are your thoughts on that? I'm just curious. I mean, it sounds right, because I feel like Oh man, I'll never forget like being like in college and oh my God, my commute was like two hours. What a nightmare, but I would be on the train a lot. And, um, I remember I would see the Salvation Army ads and it was not what I knew. I was like, this is an entire different organization, right? Like if I walked into the, into the room where these ads were made or the pictures were taken, like I, I wanted to be like, like, no one would know like who I am, what I do, that I'm, that I'm so invested in this organization, you know, and they are just as much in trying to make it grow. And like, you know, the development team, which I think a lot of development teams actually, it's interesting. Like when I did my internship in there, I was like, oh, okay, you guys care just as much, but it's just, it's not the same thing we care about. And so like, yeah, that was, it's always been too in my mind, like a, like, a, you know, and, and maybe, I don't know, like when you were speaking, I felt like, could it be like a set of twins and like one dies and one lives <laughs> like, you know, because like, yeah. could it, could it work that way? Like, I don't know, because it, it, it's a very real thing. Like to those people who like 
give the money and sit on these boards and like, you know, do all these things for it, like the corporation side of it, like they are invested and they believe in it, but it's just not the same thing to me. And so I don't know, like someone told me when I was doing SMT, like it has to be that way because that's the way people give money if they see it as a nonprofit and not a church. And I was like, huh, like, that's interesting that you'd say that. <laughs> and we're doing like SMT. So it was very interesting of how that was phrased. Um, but no, I, 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 I see the, the, the two for sure. Um, yeah. It's like the machine and the heart or like something yeah. like, yeah. can they be one? Is it possible? I, I don't know. Like, these are just questions that are kind of coming up but yeah I feel like the same way I don't feel that I'm doing the same thing in the church I'm not there right now but like in my job I feel the same way like I can only look down and kind of like ignore everything around me so that I can just do my job and Mm -hmm. yeah that's a survival thing right like Mm -hmm. so that you can function in this thing yeah Kiri what are you thinking think about survival versus like because I think yeah the existential crisis Uh, I'm just going deep going inside my brain walking around around. (laughs) that's the five (laughs) that's got (laughs) fun fun grouping of numbers here You know, and right? it's because we're, we're it's it's the circle. The we're the or is there one more? Is there a four? Is Do we make up every one? The heart, the gut, and the mind. Hmm. Isn't that it? I think so. Is two? I thought two and the eights were in the same one. No. Well, wrong? they like they like go to each other. Yeah. So like five yeah. goes oh. to eight. But is is the, is the two a heart? Mm-hmm. Two goes oh, to one. Yeah. What does two go to in health? A two goes to four in health. Okay. This is Enneagram then... speak, people. Sorry. <laughs> if you're so like, does... mm. <laughs> where does four go to in health? A two. No, an eight. A two. I don't know. A two, I think. They all go to each other. Anyway, the point being. <laughs> Is what I don't Moving know. On. Oh, I let's go, uh, we'll go to the fourth question. <laughs> yes. Okay. That sounds Which like a good plan. I'll I will read it from <laughs> my note over here. Kiri, <laughs> I literally asked you before we got onto this podcast. I literally have it. I'll I'll send you a screenshot. Of my okay. Okay. Right fine. Now. It's okay. right here on the screen. Go Just ahead. Then say the fourth gonna, question. I'm still gonna stand here and read it. Hold on. Are you taking a picture? I'm taking a picture right now. I believe you. My dog is so cute. Um, Okay. So the fourth question. (laughs) So because we've had this very great conversation, kind of, it's almost been a little retrospective, right? Like looking Mm -hmm. back, looking back. Mm -hmm. Um, So now we're going to look forward. Where are you headed next? Where is God bringing you next? Hmm a good question um I don't know I don't know I really don't know I feel like it's been hard because the last two years have been really reflective for me um but what I can say is that I do miss having like spirituality in my life um and the cadence of of all that like I miss Sundays resetting my week you know being with people every week and just Mm -hmm. um one thing that whatever good or bad church like you do have a moment to just kind of sit with yourself and I feel like I miss that part like the very you know ritualistic part of it mm-hmm. um I mean I hope I find something just as good you know because what I what I I'll always be in debt for the Salvation Army is just the, the amount of people it gave me and the relationships and all the people that are still around that I'm connected to and like it's hard to replicate that I've, I've tried leaving before in the past and I didn't end up doing it because it was really difficult to like, you know, forge those relationships without all this context. And even though I didn't, even the person I met through the Salvation Army, most recent, I've known them already for like five years, but just that one experience we shared is just so unique. Mm-hmm. 
you know? And so I, I hope to like head somewhere with as much goodness. I mean, I, it's not out of the question that I would participate in things that, you know, my friends are at, but I think I have to really re reassess like my faith. And I think that's the hardest part, to be honest, I haven't really been asked this. So like, Mm-hmm. I think I've been thinking about it for the last two years of like, what do I believe in anymore? And how do I feel about those beliefs? Mm-hmm. Um, I hope that I, I get some time. I'm, I'm, I'm practicing Lent this season. And I hope I, I take time to think about that because I do, I do miss it. And I don't know, there is a big part of me that feels a little bit robbed of what I feel like could have been a really good lifetime experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, because I, I get to watch some of my friends have their kids bring into camp and watching them grow up on social media and like dang you know mm-hmm. they got that too and like I always thought when I was little like that'd be me and like oh I don't know so mm-hmm. I don't know where I'm headed but I hope that it's just as good yeah it will be thank you Nancy <laughs> thank you. so good it like this one, this interview to me felt, I think the most like just a conversation with a friend, you know, mm-hmm. just sharing. And I am always grateful for you and your just realness it makes me think of pose. It's my favorite show, um, <laughs> but realness and openness and just like being free to share your story and it is obviously touched me and I know Kiri over there even though she's not crying although she does usually cry all the time um Always. I'm just kidding <laughs> when I when I'm like when I go inside my brain that's like that's I'm her crying crying <laughs> so she did that um but we've been ending our time in just a few moments of silence because we want to take time to pray over who we have with us. Um, so everybody listening, uh, you know, the spiel at this point, just take some time to pray over our friend, Nancy Valentine. Um, and we know that just because <laughs> I know it's weird. Like, I feel like you are part of the Salvation Army in the sense of like the heart, right? Like you're, you're very much the Mm -hmm. heart and God is using you obviously so incredibly like in your life, in your job, like that mission continues because it's not just like Salvation Army does not have the copyright on mission. Like Mm -hmm. it is the mission of God. Like we're, we're all a part of that. Um, And so I'm excited to see where God continues to take you. Um, Yeah, I'm just grateful for you. So let's take some moments of silence. We'll pray over Nancy in that time. And then I will say amen and close our time. So let's pray. Amen. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thank you, Nancy. Thank you for having me. Always. You're pretty much now another host. You and Caleb <laughs> and Kiri. I'm just going to, this is my last episode, everyone. It's been real. Um, That's not true. No, no. <laughs>
<laughs> JK, JK, you're stuck with me. <laughs> Bye.